0: What do you love about Christmas? Cars. What, cars?
1: So what's your favorite thing about Christmas?
2: In our house right now, the train set. What's on your Christmas list this year? Um, I'm kind of weird, but I'm gonna say a snow outfit that looks with the unicorns on it. <gasps> trick or treating, do you love trick or treating at Christmas yeah. time? <laughs> what's the best <laughs> present you ever got, Alfie? <laughs>
1: So, what do you guys want to do for Christmas? We
2: can dance because it will be Christmas and then we'll have a song.
0: Do you have a favorite Christmas movie?
2: The Grinch. Grinch? The Grinch. Coastal. Cars 2. Cars 2? That's not a Christmas movie.
3: <laughs> what is so special about Christmas?
2: How about you ask them. Oh, I know What? Mm, I would say everything
1: What's so special about Christmas?
2: And that we get presents When Nana gives oh, us wait, these we huge get... bags Yes!
1: What about Jesus?
2: Mmm, not really Okay Jesus is the present Oh How Why do we she... give gifts at Christmas time? Because um, I make time You don't give gifts to strangers? No, but I might do it because I'm kind. <laughs> Has Jesus given you anything special? He gave us the black baby bush and to grow by their own. Hi, I'm Maggie. Today I'm going to be reading from the Bible. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house, house and line of David. He, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child while they were there. The time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to the firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger, or because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks. At night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, um, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were, t- but they were terrified. But the An angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. That will cause great joy for all the people in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger.
0: Merry Christmas, everyone. Wherever you're joining us from, welcome to Northview's Christmas Eve service. We are so glad that you could join us. Usually our church building is bustling with people as we celebrate Jesus's birth. So this year's Christmas might look a little more like that first Christmas. Quiet, unassuming, unexpected. Only this time, we know the end of the story. We know that the little baby born that night changed the world forever. And so we celebrate.
4: God, like the day, King of heaven, come. The King of heaven, rise up, who can stand against us? You are strong to say in your mighty name, King
5: of heaven.
6: five or six years ago, I had an opportunity to be in Texas for a conference. We were in Dallas and on a Friday night, we had to stay there for the weekend. On the Friday night, we didn't have a lot to do. And so we decided that we would go with uh, the other pastors that I was with to a high school football game. It was a high school playoff football game in Texas. And if you don't know a whole lot about Texas high school football, it is a big deal there's like the professional ranks and then for some people there's high school and then eventually college and so they get tens of thousands of fans at their games. The stadium we went to was on a high school campus and it held about 12,000 students. When we got there we walked through the gates and stood in the hallway waiting to go up to get our seats. Uh, The lady in the hallway told us that you need to decide which side of the which side of the building you want to be on. One team was on one side and the other team was on the other so we just said oh, we don't want to walk all the way around the building so let's just go to this near side we got up there we sat down we started to notice that all the other people who were filing in uh looked very different than us uh we, we four four of us were, were were white as white can be pastors and we had ezra okoti who's one of our pastors he's he's from kenya and we were sitting there and all of a sudden everybody around us who was filling in was all black ev- everybody and across from us, you had the, the entire white rich people team. And we found that we were in this, in this group, probably we were expected to be on the other side. In fact, some people around us said, aren't you on the wrong side? But Ezra on the end kept saying to us, this is, this is great. Now you know how I feel being in Canada. But in the end, uh, we decided that we would just go for it and start cheering for this team as much as we could. I mean, people were a little bit put off at the beginning, but as we started to get into it, they started to love us. They thought we were fantastic. We were leading cheers and our team was doing really well. We get these little towels and we were swinging them around and screaming our heads off and we won at the end. And uh, as the game finished, we were in high fives to everybody. I, one lady gave me a big hug, and as we were walking out, they said, are you going to be here next week, right? You're going to be here next week, and a whole crowd of people around. You've got to come back. you got—it's got to come back. You're our lucky charm. I loved it. I loved every part of it. It was one of my best experiences ever in a, in a football environment. I think, I think the reason I liked it so much is because I have a penchant for the underdog. I have a desire to see underdogs win. If I'm a neutral, I just want to see the, the littler guys take take over and and win in a surprising fashion. And that's what happened on that particular night. It's probably why I like Luke's Gospel so much. It is a story of a bunch of underdogs. It's a story about uh, a bunch of people you don't expect who are the center of the world in God's eyes. The stories about Jesus' birth are good examples of that. You get, at the beginning of the book, you get this guy, Zechariah and Elizabeth, who haven't been able to have kids. They're really old, which means that they're kind of on the outside of their community, looked down upon by everybody else. But God chooses to use them to be the ones who have John the Baptist. He chooses Mary, this 12 or 14-year-old girl who doesn't really know what's going on, but she's willing to, to follow God. Her husband, yet to be, Joseph, 15-year-old boy, they live in Nazareth, which is in the middle of nowhere. Nobody goes and visits Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I mean, just consider the places that are described in, in Luke's gospel. Uh, Jesus is born in Bethlehem, a little nowhere town itself. He is uh, in a barn inside of a manger, which is a feed feed trough. God's son was born in a trough where pigs and cattle eat. It just, it's so exp- unexpected, it's not at all what you would do if you were planning the whole thing and you wanted uh, Jesus to be known by all. You would do this in the center of the world, uh, Rome. You would have him born in the castle. You would have him uh, have a royal lineage uh, from the most important uh, people in that day, from the Caesars and from the kings. But instead, he is from a royal Jewish lineage, and he's being born among nobodies. I think that you learn something from this, though. When you look at the scriptures and you, you realize that God is working through the nobodies and the little people, you realize very quickly God's work is done in quieter ways than we think. It's done among smaller people people, not the big important ones. It's done in in smaller, insignificant places, not the places that you would would expect. Look, that probably means a couple things for us. Um, First, I think that it it means that if you're little, you're actually big in God's eyes. It's, It's like the opposite of the way that we treat it. If you're really big in this world, you're obviously big to God, but that's not the way it works. Little people are big in God's eyes. It's the, it's the humble that he favors. God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. There's actually this really interesting story later on in Luke's Gospel. In Luke 16, it's about this, this little guy named Lazarus who sits at the at the gate of a wealthy man and has nothing, and he wants, uh, he kind of begs there, and he has um, dogs that come and lick his sores. The rich man comes out every day and passes him by, gives no thought to him. The rich man, of course, in that day would have been a very, very important guy. I don't know, he works in banking. Maybe he's a, he, he's a leader of the government. They both die, according to the story that Jesus tells. And uh, the rich man is on, uh, in a place of judgment, and then there's a chasm. And uh, Lazarus is in, in the place of joy and bliss, kind of heaven and hell picture. What's interesting about the story that a lot of people don't notice is that Lazarus is the only one who's named. We We don't know who the rich man is. He's just called the rich man in this story. But Lazarus, you know. Lazarus is known by so many throughout the history of the church and the world because his name has been recorded in Luke chapter 16 in the most popular book in the history of the planet. But the rich man is a nobody which is totally opposite from the way that we think it it should work. But that's how God works. He, works. he works with nobody. If you're little, you're actually big. So rejoice in your littleness. Rejoice in that you don't have it all together. Rejoice that you can't overcome things on your own, that you need help. Rejoice in that. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You know, the second thing we learned probably is that, is that God does his work usually out of the limelight. Yet it's not in the big moments and the big places. God certainly is working there, but not like he works in the smaller places. Most of the history of the world is written about kings and queens and princes and nobles. All the history books that you will read are about the big moments, who the president was, and what the prime minister did on this particular occasion. But when you come to the scriptures, when you come to Luke's gospel, one of the things you learn very quickly is: no, that's not the way it's gonna work. It's through these little people in far away, far away, insignificant places where things are actually happening that God is working through. So that's important, I think, because right now it seems to me that whenever I read the newspaper, I get depressed. And anytime I look at Twitter, I get even more depressed. We have COVID-19 everywhere. Governments are making decisions here, there, and everywhere. And it feels like the Church of Jesus Christ has kind of been closed down for a little while. We wonder how in the world could God accomplish anything in this time? And the answer is because he's always accomplished things like this, in places that you and I don't expect. It's It's not gonna be on CBC, it's not gonna be on CNN, but in little places, places you and I don't know the names of. Among little people, God is doing a work that will boggle the mind when we find out about it. So I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Christ is born. Let the nobodies rejoice.
3: Hi, my name is Vic Schellenberg, one of the pastors here, and I'm delighted to be able to be with you and spend some time praying with you this Christmas Eve. So let's do that as we uh, encounter God together. Let's do that. So Father, thank you so much for what we just heard, that you use lowly people, people like us, but then thinking to the Christmas story, people like the shepherds who came in their bewilderment and in their uncertainty of all that was happening and came in and peered over the side of the manger and saw the face of God, saw the face of a baby. And they couldn't help but leave that place praising and glorifying you for all that they had seen and heard. And Lord, we're kind of like those shepherds. We are in a state of, yeah, maybe concern uh, frustration, loneliness. Uh, we're encountering things that we never have before and this year, and even as we peer into the future as well. But in the same way that the shepherds looked over that manger into the face of Jesus, we have a chance of seeing you today and being refreshed in in our knowledge and thought of who you are. Thank you for a prophet, Isaiah, way back when, that said that Emmanuel is coming. Emmanuel meaning, God, you being with us. And God, we need you today. We need you to give us that hope and that joy and that peace that that we need in times like this. So God, my, my prayer is that we as your people, this evening, this Christmas time, would take the opportunity of looking into your face, seeing the face of God, being encouraged and challenged and grown in you so that we can't help but, but walk away glorifying and praising you for all that you have done and are doing and are going to do in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, that your promises are real and we can trust in you in all these things. We pray this in your precious name. Amen.
1: Hey, Northview family. I just wanted to spend a minute to say thank you. We have a faithful and generous church. In spite of the financial uncertainty of this season, our church has shown their sacrificial generosity. For example, our care fund saw a massive spike in donations this past year. It's resulted in us being able to start some impactful initiatives in our community. We launched the Northview Cares initiative. In the last six months or so, we've been providing hampers for lower income families filled with food and other necessities. So here at Northview Mission, we have started doing Christmas hampers for families, and we packed them all, and now we are delivering them this morning.
4: I always enjoyed this. When our kids were were growing up, we always bought gifts to donate through various uh, charities there, and it's just something my my wife and I certainly believe in, and we just kept uh, up the tradition of doing that.
1: And for those who lost income as a result of the pandemic, we were able to help pay rent, buy groceries, and support those in need. We've also increased our support for local ministry partners, ministry like the Salvation Army, Cyrus Center, and the Food Bank, who we not only support to provide food, but also to help families in need with vehicle maintenance costs, among other things. We have wonderful ministries in our community who we are excited to support and who need our support now more than ever. We know that this year has been a tough one for many. So we wanted to put a smile on people's faces this Christmas season. So we doubled down on some of our community engagement efforts, baking and delivering cookies to hundreds of people all over our community and around our campuses. We gave out coffees to those in the Abbotsford Hospital and bought gifts to residents and staff at Tabor Home who've been hit really hard by that recent COVID outbreak. We are committed to using every donated dollar to the glory of God and the good of our community. Thank you for your ongoing trust and generosity. May the Lord bless you. (laughs) Say
7: thank you.
2: He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. What's the most special part of the Christmas story? Well, what happens to the Grinch is the Grinch actually
0: steals Christmas. What is so special about Christmas?
2: It's Jesus' birthday? It's Jesus. Jesus <laughs> being born. Okay. <laughs> Baby Jesus. We did Jesus Yay!
1: Where was Jesus born?
2: For we town. What here.
0: Right here?
2: Yeah, and he got to the peel. A crib. but didn't have any bars. And a yucky stinky
7: barn.
1: So what did he sound like when he cried? Oh.
7: Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what about this mummy and daddy? Were they there? Yeah. Do you know what their names were? Mary. Who was in the stable when Jesus was born? A cow.
2: Horses. Mice. <gasps> Rats. That would be fun. What did the wise men bring to Jesus? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. A gold cow. She got a new teddy. Wacky Tacky. Um, money and. I think it was like Frankenstein. No, no, no. Frankenstein? <laughs> it sounded something like that. Do you know what myrrh is?
0: No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> i his- Well, we hope that this has encouraged and warmed your heart this Christmas Eve. If you're with us for the first time, we would love to have you join us again through our online services. Hopefully one day soon we can welcome you in person to one of our campuses. And we pray that despite what's happened this year and what's going on in the world today, you find hope and peace in the unexpected birth of our Saviour. From all of us at Northview, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.
2: Has Jesus given you anything special? His love. His love. <laughs>
7: yes, what is that? Is it Christmas
2: baking? Oh, Theodore. Maybe. What happened? <laughs> what a- happened? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: see a cat. Where's the cat? Here, I think the cat got lost. I love
2: something aside you. Okay. A cat? A Christmas tree. Oh, she's off. You
1: just get the cat in the shot. we you bring the cat up here.
6: <laughs> the Christmas snacks are over there. Yeah. Okay.
2: Don't say the Right. Okay, you got a pet so
0: he
1: He's just...
2: <laughs> I like a people. They're so nice and so funny.
7: <laughs> Pull him up! We're okay! Reset! Reset! We're okay! What's the best <laughs> <laughs>